0: This call is now being recorded.
1: Welcome to the V2V podcast. It's another edition of our Survivor Series project. And right off the bat, I wanted to make sure that people have an understanding about what's going on. We got some feedback from a listener slash survivor regarding one of the videos we made. And he was not happy uh, we'll get into kind of what that's about but before we start with that discussion i wanted to uh, make an observation about our channel and that is is that we don't make any money doing this if you notice that when you watch our videos there are no ads in our uh, videos and that's because we're not monetized by youtube So we don't make any money doing this. We do it because we feel it's important and we want to send the message out that uh, survivors have voices and they can tell their stories and talk about what they've been through and what they've overcome. That being said, if anyone wants to contribute uh, monetarily to our channel, they can do so at patreon.com slash v2v podcast uh, you can choose a dollar three dollars or five dollars a month um, it's just revolving you can cancel that at any, at any time but it's it's really easy it helps us out it allows us to uh, get supplies that we need for the show you know software updates editing music, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes along with producing a podcast. So uh, it's not necessary. You don't have to do that, but uh, it's available if you feel you can afford to contribute to the show at patreon.com slash v 2 v podcast. And there's the ad. So welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, it's Alexi. Oh. Well, hey there. Wow, I didn't even know you were there. You just popped right in. I do that. That's pretty cool. So, what we're talking about today is kind of like, I guess, I would characterize it as survivor-to-survivor conflict. Um, Yeah. And I want to be clear that as we get into kind of what was said that we're not trying to uh, victim shame anybody you know uh survivors have gone through what they've gone through and we're not taking anything away from that we don't think that um what, what how am i trying what am i trying to say we uh we believe that people can have their opinions and feelings about anything, and especially when it comes from someone who survived an institution like Yolong, there's bound to be long-lasting negative effects that sometimes are really, really difficult to overcome. So, it's. But we also think that it's important to address this kind of stuff when it pops up to let other people know that I guess that we're on their side, you know, as survivors of different programs ourselves and in the whole cult environment that we we get it. We've done the same kinds of things ourselves, lashing out. And um, I think it's part of, you know, the healing process in a sense to be able to, you know, point out flaws in people's arguments so that um everyone can kind of get on the back on the same page. And we want, you know, ideally like a reconciliation here with um with this person that we're gonna be talking about because we got you got sent or we got sent an email and you your name was brought up and other people's names were brought up. And uh yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Alright. So uh the the person who uh who sent the email. He actually works as a researcher on the Last Stop documentary along with um another survivor Mark Babbitts They both were researchers on the right. documentary film by uh TJ Nelson, The Last Stop. And so he said that he listened to that podcast and and knows Mark Babbitts and has known him since 2010. So they have a relationship. And apparently it was good. It was a good relationship. They, they liked each other. And, and, and then he brings up this idea that, that back in 2010, he actually had a conversation with you about, um, some former Elon employee that was, Kind of trolling him and verbally attacking him uh, on the internet. So, right? You, you want to talk about that, or is that, I that think that's like, something that happened?
0: Yeah, I think I I think I remember this, uh, and it was when I was with Anonymous and doing that, and he wanted sort of like some type of help or protection, which I really couldn't provide in any way, or you know, I couldn't really provide a doc for him either, you know, and. It seemed like he wasn't mentally stable at that point either. Because I would have I would have, you know, rationally listened to him. I don't I just remember it ending with him being rather abusive and me just saying, Listen, I don't have time for this
1: That's like, all I like. He kinda he wanted you to help him kind of troll yeah. this guy back. Or like, you know, fight back online with yeah. uh, other kinds of like I don't know verbal attacks you know the, the kind of yeah. stuff that he says he was getting he wanted someone to help him uh, fire back and right. it sounds like you just weren't into that idea um, but the, the thing is is that he says that there were six other people that were also kind of getting the same treatment from this uh, former employee but he just thought you had a lack of understanding and compassion about what he was going through I don't know how much he knew about what you had already been through regarding um, your own uh, program or deal but I would think that maybe six other people may have been better uh, choices since they also seem to be getting harassed by the same guy this former yeah. uh, this former Elon employee I guess his name was Danny Bennison for anyone he wants to know and um, he was yeah. upset that, that you didn't have time for him you know, right. and took that <clears throat> took that pretty uh, pretty personally which happens you know um, we've all been kind of offended by stuff like that where we think something is really important and the other person doesn't quite share in, in that passion and so I get it. It that can be painful, but this has been this is like nine years ago,
0: you know. its yeah. like
1: a long time to be carrying this this resentment forward. Um, so I think what um, what's going on here, from what I understand, is the email was kind of all over the place. But um, he says that we just in his. Opinion that we just don't get it, and that he wants to hear a podcast that is truthful and gives assistance to survivors of other programs and i I guess he means programs that aren't any long and he wants he doesn't want us to do the podcast in order to inflate our egos. So I think we're I think we're in the clear there. Um, yeah, this is not an easy thing to do it's no. something that's really not pleasant um,
0: yeah I have horrendous and, in, I right. have horrendous anxiety and panic attacks about doing the show I I get incredible anxiety right before starting I, I think yeah. The, yeah and I think that you know at times I have to put it off because it's too much for me you know Or I I haven't put it down. You know, and I but it's also incredibly helpful at the end of it all. You know. It seems like it helps me a lot.
1: It helps you, it seems to be helping other people, at least
0: most of the comments that we get. I hope I hope it helps other people too, but I mean like just from my I I don't know. You know. I I just know from my experience as a survivor, my PTSD calms down tremendously. You know. Sure, and In every interview that I've done,
1: and I, you probably have the same experience. Every survivor that I, I speak to, you know, at the end of the at the end of the discussion, there always seems to be, a, you know, a thank you for um, yeah being able being there to put up a platform so that people can speak using their real names anonymously anything they want to talk about. And there has been some controversy surrounding that with some of the people we've spoken to. And we've also heard, you know, constructive negative comments about um, who we've spoken to in the past, specifically former staff, which makes perfect sense. Like, people were upset, you know. and um, But I think it's important to allow people even people that we don't necessarily agree with to tell their stories. And, and when we found out more information about this guy in particular, we did update and say, here's what else we found, you know? And, um, so we're not just letting people, especially coming from the abuse, the abuser side of things, just have a, a cake walk through, uh, what they want to say about what the, the positive things about about any yeah. program that they were associated associated with. Um, so that being said, <clears> he <throat> then goes into um, a story about going to a conference in two thousand one, hosted by a guy named Ar- Dr. Arnold Trebach and I don't know who that is. I guess we could find out Um,
0: yeah I don't know either
1: and and then um, he met Mia Salovitz the author of a book called Help at Any Cost she uh, did a book I think regarding survivorship and and some stories
0: regarding survivors and what they've been through well what she she did was go ahead what, what she did was she wrote the first book on troubled teen industry and it was really an expose on a place, that, a religious place that this young survivor went to that she somehow found out about. And then she then kind of explored the troubled teen industry and the ins and outs and sort of how... I think there's multiple stories in there. There's, there's one about the kids who... different kids who died in wilderness. and You know, she, she really exposed it for what it is. she she did an amazing job yeah but anyway
1: no it's almost 20 years old now and and I I think she'd be a really interesting person to to talk to Uh, I haven't reached out yet but I think that might be really valuable to get some perspective from from another researcher another person who is kind of against TTI you know and actually actually put forth enough effort to write a book about it yeah Um, yeah. And anyway, he says that he she wanted to put his story in her book. Um and he kinda left it there. I don't know if Matt's story is in the book. Um I don't I don't, don't have a pro- I don't have a problem either way with that. Like that's great. Um yeah. it just I don't know if he was trying to like bolster his credibility by like talking about because then he talks about right. meeting Stanton Peel, Phil Elberg and again Wes Fager who's a apparently a cult expert. It sounds okay. like a really interesting conference and um yeah. and I'm glad that he was there, you know. Um yeah, me too. <laughs> so he moves on to talking about a conversation about an incident that he launched involving um, the time where he stabbed another student. And oh. he says that he spoke to you many other survivors from the program at the conference about that. And yeah. then he asks you what you were doing in July 2001, as if what he was doing, because of attending this conference, would, was more helpful, more important. But again, that was a long time ago. It was only 20 years ago. So I, yeah. I guess the question is, what were you doing in July 2001, Alexi?
0: Um, in July 2001, I was living uh, on Hill Street in Santa Monica and my mom's, and I was waking up and taking my $10 budget down to the beach to meet homeless people to try and find weed to deal with PTSD, and I still had no lexicon to be able to explain what had happened to me, so I just said I would just gotten out of juvie to everyone. Uh, right. And that's more understandable, just, Right. Yeah. And just like that was pointing enough and okay, that's okay, cool. You know, but uh I was basically coming home and I was starting to have flashbacks. And mm. I hadn't quite stopped talking yet, but it was coming on. Right. Alright, well I guess that's what you
1: were doing. He's a bit older than you are, I think. Um, yeah, and so and so that makes sense. I mean, I guess you know he's doing adult things. You know that you know he's going to conferences and talking to important people who are pro you know anti program advocates. I guess is the best way to put yeah. it. Or and you were dealing with uh, the repercussions of uh being in uh, Heritage. Yep, and Devereaux. Yeah, and, and Devereaux. Yeah. Right. So. Then Hoffman uh, takes a he takes kind of a left turn here in the in the email and says that he, he simply personally doesn't make shit up out of thin air and call it a fact. So that's like I
0: appreciate that.
1: I appreciate yeah. that he doesn't make stuff out of thin air and call it a fact. I think the implication is that we do, um, which isn't the case. I don't know. I mean, I'd love someone to like point out seriously point out. Things that we get wrong. I mean, in fact, we have had people do that, and sure. and we've corrected the record there too. Um, I think the interview we did with uh, J.C. Henderson, somebody made a point, and this was more of a, uh, an interview style thing that I was over talking her, that I was yeah interrupting yeah. too much, um, and it was you know, and, and I took took note of that, and yeah, and pulled back a bit, you know, and, and let people be more free to express their complete thoughts without getting excited and jumping in, so um, yeah, so, I mean, when people say things that are critical of what we're doing here, it's good, you know, and, and we appreciate that, so keep telling us what we're doing wrong, <laughs> absolutely, mm-hmm. but we don't make stuff up. No. um and he states that he has credibility <laughs> among the survivor community and that he knows the difference between truth and fiction. And I'm, I'm really happy to hear that he has credibility
0: because you
1: know, he's been through this. He understands it. And I would hope that people would trust that he knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he listened to the show... The interview with Mark Babbitts and he says that ne- because of that that he is no longer affiliated with something called Elon Survivors Incorporated. I'm not okay. aware of what Elon Survivors Inc. is um, I just I'm not, I haven't heard of it I don't know if it's like the company that backed the documentary perhaps like it's it, something that was created I to that, yeah. okay so he said, okay, I'm not associated with that. And that's fine. You know, uh, we we understand that too. We've also been kind of associated with certain groups and have chosen not to be associated with them anymore for, for <laughs> particular reasons, you know, some disagreements, stuff like that. Um, yep. And that's fine. We are still 100% behind the mission of, um, you know, lost survivors. Um we don't necessarily have to agree with everything that they do, but I personally, and I guess I can speak for you too, we are in no way against what they're doing. Um, it's just sometimes there's personality clashes, and, and sometimes you right. got to, you know, step away from each other because right. you're running on two different tracks, trying to achieve the same goals in a, in a different way, maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so far, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, what he's what he said. I'm waiting for the criticism about what we're doing, actually. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so he he seems to be upset that this is kind of strange. He seems to be upset that you didn't know him when he was a teenager before he was involved in Ilan. Um. He seems to be concerned that Mark Babbitt will hear about this email. But I don't know what he has to be afraid of since he's directly re- referencing the interview that for some reason he seems to disagree with. There's nothing specific, but he was kind of calling out Babbitts and at the same time saying, oh, I don't want him to hear this. Um, yeah. But there's nothing really that negative about anything that he's saying other than some kind of vague upset that he's got. Um he also makes a claim that he's one of the only people who uses his real name while he exposes the truth and that he wants justice. And And he thinks that Mark Babbitt, who consequently is using his real name, is selfish and is contradicting himself. Um, again, I wish that he would have been more specific about what he thinks is the contradictory stuff. Um, but there are many people who use their real names. Um, some people don't. They have a reason to feel like they, you know, uh, don't want to. And that's fine. Uh, but uh, most people, I think, use their real names. So he just needs to be setting himself out as someone who has been through things that most survivors couldn't survive. And I think it, that's the that's part of the real problem I have with this is that He's kind of claiming that he's been through more than anybody else. He he's been through worse than anybody else. And it just kinda of shows a a lack of empathy
0: Yeah, but happened. it's
1: not it happened. It
0: it does happen. It really does happen. It, it's a huge part of the PTSD, I believe. Yeah, that that, that, that we in particular I mean I brought this up the other day in group that that do we have our own diagnosis from program, you know, and and is it separate from anything else? I mean, it's definitely you know slow onset PTSD, and it's definitely kind of complex PTSD, but it has its own elements too. It has twinges of Patty Hearst syndrome. It has mm-hmm, you know Stockholm in it. it. It's there's a lot of it. And you know it's so tricky because you start to think that you're the only person you know who's hurting when you're hurting so bad I just think this guy's hurting a lot you know yeah I do too
1: and uh so you know he's clearly upset I guess he only listened to the one interview and kind of goes on to say that we should be doing more stuff and and that, in his opinion, we're somehow actually helping TTI. And I don't, understand, I don't I just don't understand how that could even be possible. It's everything that we do is against these programs, everything. Um, we don't have a positive word to say about any of it. So I don't see how anything that we're doing is, could possibly be helping them. Um, and we, we make it very clear when we end a lot of these shows is to tell parents who are thinking about sending their kids there not to. Like, don't do it. Don't send your kid there. Like, uh, And you know,
0: I'm not going to talk in, in any of the, the program's lingo, and I'm not going to use the program's point of view, you know, and their, their sort of spin on things. I, I, I've never done that here, and neither have you. You know, it's it's very important that this is a space where we can talk when I say talk TPI, I mean talk truth about TPI and what it is in reality without any of the bullshit and without any of the sort of smoke and mirrors that goes on the sales right. you know I think the closest
1: I think the closest thing that we've done or I've done in that respect is when I've done like the long form exposés where I go through all of their Websites and their staff, and and I'll read what they say they do, you know, from in their own words, and then you basically use their own words to to uh, contradict themselves. Like, um, but in no way ever when I'm saying what they say, am I agreeing with it? Because what I'm what I'm doing is finding out how. how dishonest the um, websites are, the ads are, the testimonials in a lot of cases are. They're just not real. You know, the uncredentialed staff, um, the weird goings-on that don't make any sense in relation to what they say they do as opposed to survivors saying what they've experienced. So, yeah, we've always been very clear that, that we want to hear... What everyone has to say, including the programs, and then we're going to and then we're going to destroy the programs by bringing out what's actually happening. So, so yeah, there is no way that we are at all helping these places. And uh, yeah, no, it just isn't happening. So he's misinformed there, and you know, I guess uh, hopefully. he'll uh, he'll hear this. I think I'm going to send him the link so that he can understand I guess more clearly that we take this kind of stuff seriously and that he's welcome to say anything that he wants to say regarding what we're doing but if he's wrong, we're going to point it out. Right. I hope that he I hope that he comes around understanding that we're on his side yeah you know? I'm not mad at him I don't think you are either no one like, no. I don't
0: think Mark
1: Matt, I spoke to Mark he's not upset with him he's worried
0: yeah we we about this guy we you all know, we, we all can, you know we don't this is this shit is brutal man and it kills people yeah no joke it kills people yeah. so I
1: guess survival, there, this is good this is serious shit. Yeah. I mean, there, he he left Elon a long time ago, you know, and he, he took part in yeah. helping. He definitely took part in helping ending it. I know that yeah. for sure. Like, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but he's still harboring these, these feelings, you know, and what my hope is, is that he can somehow redirect this anger that he feels and and, and uh, the hurt that he is he was subjected to years ago to helping us and help or not if not us pointing out the negative things that are still going on with other programs. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this hasn't ended, you know, the no. alarm is gone but the effects are lingering. You know, for decades now, I mean, they shut down in 2011. So it's been, you know, almost 10 years since they've been gone. So e- e- there are people in their, you know, early 20s even now, or into the, you know, into their early 30s who, who were there. And so tonight, so, so
0: I, go ahead. I, I, I just wanted to quickly say, cause this is really important to me is that Elon eventually was accredited by NatSap, And NatSap mm. is very much alive. And that this never dies. And that the snake eats, eats the snake. And so somehow, mm. someone who is involved in Elon, is also still involved in the TTI business with NatSap. This doesn't oh, end. Yeah. Right. It doesn't end.
1: And, uh, you know... Oh, I, I guess, um I guess that, I guess that's it. But interesting yeah. thing happened yesterday. Uh, Joe Ritchie's son. Yeah. Who was, uh, who was very anti-TDI. Yeah. Uh, friend requested me, which is I thought was very cool. Now that that's would be the <laughs> person to talk to. That's fucking awesome, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to get, get a very deep inside perspective about what kind of what kind of monster that guy was. You know, was yeah, sad. yeah, um, yeah. So we'll see. Sometimes those those wounds can be, you know, uh, yeah. difficult to uh, to talk. To. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. but uh, <clears throat> you know, we uh, we're just gonna keep on doing this. And and like I said, um, we we are we have not made one cent from from doing this it's something that we feel is important enough to do uh just for the benefit of doing it and helping helping each other out and and making sure that uh people who aren't aware of what tti is become aware of what it is so that we can slowly but surely stop stop it you know put an end to this stuff it's not going to happen overnight but um, we can definitely have an effect and the more people that get together and and let their voices be heard the, the quicker that can become a reality. This is, you know, it's not a pipe dream. It's, yeah, stuff really happens when people get together to, in with one voice to make stuff happen. And so we just have to keep on doing it. And, uh, Shep- guess, I guess that's it. Wow. So that went better than I thought. I mean, I was worried. Yeah. I was worried about not wanting to, uh, I don't know. Further hurt hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, so I yeah. think uh, I think we walked that line pretty well. Me too. All right. Well, All right. there it is. Survivor Series. One more. One more uh, discussion about the evils of TTI in in the books.
0: Ching. <laughs>
1: right. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye.